Welcome to 90 and Extra. My name is Adeyemi Adesoya. Uh, this is a podcast that is centered around, well, used to be centered around football business, but as everything that happens changes only constantly in life, and somehow we talk about other sports and basketball particularly. Nigeria is a very good place with respect to basketball. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had February 1st, so we spoke about hiring Mike Brown, you know, talking about the progress the Tigers and the Tigresses are making and the general impact that is that should have on Nigerian basketball as a whole. Um, thank you for all the feedback we've been getting um, with respect to uh, the podcast. We've got a lot of great comments, especially with respect to the episode we had, uh, Victor Modo, who, you know, discussed with us the challenges that entrepreneurs face with respect to investing in uh, the domestic game. It, it was a very, very thought-provoking episode and it opened my eyes in a lot of things. And also the last episode that we, we posted was on uh, stadium naming rights, which is something that we are, that's completely alien to us in Nigeria. And we're hoping that with a bit of advocacy and us talking more about it, uh, we would eventually catch on. So today, unfortunately, uh, with what is going on all over the world, coronavirus is the is the in thing. If that's supposed to be a good, if that's a good way or a bad way to put it, um, but we're talking about the Basketball African League today. Uh, so I want to stop by, and to join me on the show is Olafemi Adefeso who we know, everybody knows, he's been on this uh, podcast before. Uh, he'll be joining me to discuss that. Femi, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Jimmy. Okay, welcome, um, Femi. Good to have you on the sh- on Night and Extra. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure to be here. I had a very nice time the last time out. And I'm excited uh, to be back again. All right, thank you very much. And of course, making my debut on Night and Extra is Queen Mosef. I don't know if I should introduce her officially or unofficially, but I think Queen Mosef is fine. Queen, good to have you on yeah. the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Good afternoon, and it's a privilege, and I do appreciate it. Thank you very much for taking our invitation. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you, and I'm, I'm always happy when I have you know young chaps like yourself who know the game inside out, especially on the domestic scene, I learned a lot from the conversations I have with you guys. So let's go uh, straight into it. So, Basketball African League. Um, yes, basketball is heading in the right direction from the, from, on the national scene. And for me, and this is me trying to be pessimistic, I'm asking myself the question, why now? Why 2020? Why would FIBA in the first instance even consider having a joint venture with the NBA? Does it bring about any kind of conflict? Why now, Femi? Um, I think it's the best time to do anything in Africa. It's, it's a season for Africa. If you look at it um, from the entertainment side of things, music, movies, Africa seems to be on the rise. And um, it's looking like the whole focus 
you know, is now coming towards this direction. I remember Bonaboy, Grammys, Domination, the Lion King, how Beyonce had a lot of African stars in there. Few people talk about whiskey and you know, collaborations. Same also the video as well. Our movies, Lionheart, almost getting nominated for an Oscar award. So you look at it basically. I, I, it could can't be a better period in the history of civilization um, than now than for Africa to um, be a part of whatever it is that is going on in terms of globalization of sports and all. However, I must say that for basketball, for the NBA, this is quite deliberate because um, I was fortunate in 2018 to be at the NBA All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles. And um, the theme of that launch on, because every All-Star Saturday, they, they, they have a, an African get-together for, you know, African diaspora and people come around. And they called, the, the theme of that was Africa Now. And um, it seemed like there was a plan you know, at that point, because the next All-Star Weekend in 2019 in Charlotte, that was when they announced that they will start the Basketball Africa League in March 2020. So, um, I, for me, I, from a basketball standpoint, I think the NBA already had that vision set out. They had a blueprint and, you know, they just followed through with it to start now. So, it's sort of coincidental in terms of the times with the way Africa is rising, you know, with all the things I mentioned from the entertainment side of things, and um, with the NBA also lashing in, um, it's deliberate. I also think, let me also add that before um, I end my, my take on the issue, um, is to also look at the fact that the Toronto Raptors have Africa written all over it, and they were able to win the, um, NBA championship last season. So it gives a sort of focus, you know, to Africa rising. Masai um, Ujiri, the president, is Nigerian. There's Pascal Siakam, who won the most valuable, most improved player, beg your pardon, of the season then, and is becoming a superstar right now. Joel Embiid has been a perennial you know, super talent who everybody feels will perhaps come close to the next Akin. Um, there's also Uji Anunobi on that team, and a host of African, you know, um, guys on the background staff from, um, um, I can't remember his name now, um, Martin Mabuto, no, it's not Martin, um, Pascal Mabuto, uh, Mutombo, beg your pardon, who is on the background staff of the Toronto Raptors. There's uh, Masilela, I think he's from Swaziland, he's the head coach of the Toronto Raptors G team. Um, Raptors 905, and there's another who is the head of scouting. It's his name I'm trying to remember. Eklenburg, or thereabout. Um, I think it's from South Africa. So you look at it, that there's an African feel to the Toronto Raptors. And the Toronto Raptors, of course, are the kings of the NBA at the moment. So I also think the NBA was also delivered about, you know, lashing in on that um, balls and the opera plus the blueprint they had and everything coming together. So this is just the perfect time uh, for the Basketball Africa League to, to come up in Africa. Uh, Queen, your take? Well, uh, I think Femi has said a lot. If not, he has said almost everything, if not everything. But I'll just add to it. Um, why now? NBA has invested a lot when it comes to the continent, talking about the continent. It has organized basketball without borders, a development uh, camp, 
from various countries in Africa for over like 16 years or more. And uh, the Academy in um, Senegal last year, where they hosted an exhibition event, the NB Africa game in South Africa that's been hosted for like three times in the last four years. So a lot has been happening in Africa not just about this basketball Africa league, a lot has been happening. So I think it's just a time to take it a step forward. Why not just take it from developmental basketball and then trying to develop talent in Africa, of which there will take few of them to the NBA and all that. Why not us take it a step further to having a pro league or have something similar to what we have in the NBA? I know it's going to take a long while to get to that standard of the NBA, but they've looked at it. What do we have in Africa? We have a lot of talent. And like Femi mentioned, um, a lot of African interests, from Giannis to Embiid, a lot of African interest when it comes to Maasai, a lot of African interest in Africa. So I think it's just the right time to now, and it's a new decade. So they must have envisaged that, that let's take it over in this new decade. Let's see how we can bring up innovations. And we have a lot of economy and a lot of countries that are developing in Africa that will be able to key into this innovation in the long run. So the test run might be this year and maybe subsequent editions will see a whole lot of things that will come in play, like opportunities, job opportunities and all of that for players as well as coaches and also for teams. So it's just about taking it a step further from what the NBA has established in Africa and looking at how the NBA has a lot of African interests um, written all over it. It was not just out of place to just take it at, at this point. So, me being the pessimist or trying to be the play the devil's advocate here, can, can't we say that this is some form of new colonialism? Well, we might want to look at it in that direction because uh, it would say maybe it's uh, handicapped fever a little because not it's a little. now been <laughs> it has handicapped fever and it's looking like it's more of the NBA. So, but I think. NBA are coming with the innovations and they are coming with the money. FIBA, I don't think they have as much money as what the NBA really pump in every year. The average NBA team have what like $1.9 billion. And also for the players, they also earn about multi-million dollar contract and endorsement deal. So a lot to offer, a lot to gain from the NBA. And they are coming with all of this. So FIBA, naturally, um, like I was discussing a few days ago, you look at the, what we have, the continental basketball we have. Teams go there each year, year in, year out, and they spend a whole lot of their money from logistics to traveling to hotel reservations to play paying players. It's like you are paying to FIBA. But what do these teams enjoy from FIBA? Little or nothing. I'll take our mind back to recently, most recently, a few months ago, when MFM went on the continent. And I could see the lamentation from the team and all that because it was their first time going on the continent. They had little or no idea how the continental basketball is being run and they were thinking it was just like football because they are just a new team on the continent but they had to pay for everything everything from traveling to hotel to the players and everything and thinking they'll get something an incentive like what we have now we have monies for the participating teams that will participate in the basketball africa league but for FIBA competitions the Concerta FIBA Africa competition, we don't have any of such. So yes, it has handicapped, the, uh, handicapped FIBA at this point, 
you won't really blame NBA because NBA come with 99.9% of most of the innovations and um, um, the contributions, the finance and all of that, the infrastructure. Um, yes, we have some arenas, but not enough to what they would have envisaged or what they would have wanted to do, but they are making do with six whole cities, um, looking at how the tournament was supposed to go. So, but they have handicap fever, no doubt about it. But maybe uh, in years to come, it might be a joint partnership, which the, which FIBA guys really need to learn because over the years, I think it's been unfair on the part of the team spending a whole lot. Like you mentioned when we just started, um, a team like River Supers who would have gone on to participate on the continent, and then at the end of the day, you are going out to spend government money because they are being sponsored by the River State government. So, what is the River State government getting in return? Nothing. They're not getting anything. They're just uh, like a social um, opportunity given to the players. Like, okay, you are representing like, Rivers and also representing Nigeria. But what do we get in return if it's not even going back to the River State government? But as a team, the team as a whole, what are they getting in return that they will continue to form as a continuity for the team in subsequent editions or subsequent competitions? And then for sustainability, we don't have that. So NBA is coming with all that package now so i won't really blame um the fact that fiba is been handicapped won't blame it he who pays the piper detects the two yeah while i while i understand that you know and it's unfortunate that you can, have... can i quickly react to that okay okay very... yeah so um for new colonialism i don't really agree with that and um Queen mentioned um, the fact that maybe in future there'll be a partnership. I think right now it's actually a partnership. And uh, NBA in every of his statements have made that very clear that they are in partnership with FIBA. And um, for, for my earlier statement saying I don't agree is the fact that let's not forget there's a precedence of um, an African Basketball League and the Continental Basketball League that was set up in Nigeria a couple of years ago. <laughs> and it was privately run <laughs> and it ran on its own. However, I think the mistake those guys did is what NBA decided not, not to, to do, do, which is bring FIBA to be a part of this and let's be in sync. So FIBA more or less now decides that, okay, since we want to be in sync with these guys and already they already have the sponsors, they have the deep pockets, they have the publicity and PR, you know, well mapped out. You know, we just, you know, roll to with them. So it's a partnership one. And I also don't think the NBA is coming to supplant the FIBA. However, FIBA has very little, which um, Queen rightly said, has very little to offer. So it's a case of NBA is coming to save our blushes anyway. So how about we just tag along? All we just need to map out is what are the benefits for FIBA as 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 a, a body? And the benefits are simple. So the the, the NBA. I think that's that just goes into what my next question was going to be. What is yeah. it for Africa? Okay, so um, okay, let, let me just quickly finish the thought about about FIBA. So what it is for FIBA is now they're giving opportunity. For FIBA to say the champions of each country or each um, each um, uh, country, yes, via the qualifiers, the zonal qualifiers they play, 
have a chance to play in this super lucrative league. Let's not forget the NBA could have gone the same route with this ABL and the CBL, giving it their own name and played a private league that would just bring elite teams to come about. It's exactly what is happening in Europe with the Euro League. A lot of people don't understand that FIBA doesn't run the Euro League. But FIBA has started another competition called the Basketball Champions League, which they run, but still is of lesser value, lesser goals, lesser publicity, and it runs lesser amount of cash and economy, unlike the Euro League. So I think this is smart money for them, knowing fully well that, hey, look, you can't compete with these guys anyway if they decide to do this thing on their own. But these guys still don't want to do on their own, that's NBA, because they have it in mind that they want to develop the game in Africa holistically because why? FIBA has shown that they don't have the capacity to. Now, what's the for Africa? That's a huge indictment, and, though. That's yes, why I, I said it's 99.9% yeah, more of the NBA. So it's just like a camouflage mm. partnership, truly. Because <laughs> it's their competition, no doubt. It's FIBA's competition. But because we cannot just carry the name completed and hijack it from FIBA, let's just go into partnership. But it's more the end because 99.9%, I'm just giving 1% to FIBA. Because <laughs> every, <laughs> yes, almost everything is the NBA. Almost everything. Hold on, let me hold on. Yeah. I was going to say, so what, what stops us or what stops anybody tomorrow from Europe, for instance, from the Euro League that you mentioned, saying to yeah. Africa, we want to create a league that will also develop the game in Africa. What's to stop somebody from Europe doing the same thing? Nothing stops them, basically. The only thing now they need to look at the for is, which is what FIBA, um, which is what the NBA has done is, okay, so what direct benefits are we going to give to the regulators of the game? For example, I mean, in the US, the NBA is a privately run business. It has nothing to do with the USA basketball, for example. Yeah. They, they, are not, they are not working with federations. They are not trying to, you know, so the, 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 the big problem with working with Africa is the fact that now this is a Pan-African, you are dealing with countries. Mm -hmm. So you need eligibility. You need to yeah. be able to call teams. Those are the mistakes that the ABL made. Because now, the regulators of the league are affiliates to FIBA, which is the Nigeria Basketball Federation, the Senegalese Basketball Federation, all those people, they could create problems for you and bottlenecks. And the NBA is fully aware of that. So, except you want to call out teams who are not participating in the league, then that will mean that you will probably not get the best talent, except you now create teams or franchises by yourself. But also, they can make it difficult for them by telling the players, that their eligibility to play FIBA competitions, which is now represent your national team, <laughs> at stake. So you look at all of those things. So it's a case of the NBA wanting to do some, some very good thing, but they understand fully well that they cannot do it successfully without FIBA being involved. So they just go to meet with them and sit down and say, hey guys, this is what we want to do. However, we will need your cooperation. Already, you guys aren't doing anything because there's really no monetary value to it including even the Nations Cup. I can tell you for free that even the Afro Basket doesn't have a stipulated cash price to it hmm. or monies. Yeah, so... So, you, but, so but, 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 but Femi, what this tells you is that the guys are FIBA, which is also what I wanted to tell Queen when she mentioned the MFM situation. I think 
it's it's sad that a club that was that club, the conception, everything surrounding it, I think is flawed. That they now got on the continent and went in blind. That's what right. right. People on the other yeah. hand, I think it's a huge indictment that they themselves can't sit down and develop a business model that works for Africa, that works for the exactly that they run. Exactly. So whereby you're coming for the Afro basket, there's X amount of money available for on the table for you to win, even for participation. I think the whole the whole model that we run in Africa itself is full. I think the guys in FIBA Africa are very comfortable and having yeah, just having a very a very nice time, having a tea party. Yeah. Because they're yeah, not having it has so been like that for over the years. Yeah, yeah so, it's been like that for like four four decades. But I think this has been the issue. I, I really don't indict FIBA Africa as FIBA Africa. I think it's FIBA as a whole. Now yeah, but doesn't each, doesn't each uh, Femi, doesn't because, each each uh, continent has its respective governing body. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the way FIBA runs... I think, I think the fact that it's even called FIBA Africa itself is flawed. A, a part of it, and even the way it runs, if you look at it, for example, FIBA Africa as a continent doesn't have a website. FIBA Africa as a continent doesn't have a Twitter handle. I, I'm, I'm not joking. You could look at it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Femi. Hold on. What about how do the Asians do it? How do the Europeans do it? Now, those guys, those guys are different. They are, they are do different. they have FIBA Asia or FIBA Europe as yes, well? There's, yes, there's FIBA there's Asia, Asia, FIBA Americas. There's FIBA Europe. So every you know, continent has the FIBA tag on it. Yeah. Yes. But Africa is the only one that has still not been able to have an independent source. And I'm going somewhere with it. Okay. Because before now, before now, FIBA has run a very small circuit. The Olympic basketball tournament has been the biggest basketball tournament in the world. So therefore, and meanwhile, FIBA doesn't have control over that. It's the yeah. International Olympic Committee that runs the Olympic tournament because the, the entire, it's just like when we say football as well. Yeah. The Olympic football tournament, they say it's not a FIFA tournament. It's not, right? yeah, it's not. Good. So it's the same thing. The IOC controls that, but that has been the most lucrative and the biggest basketball competition up until 2014 when they officially renamed the FIBA World Championships to be the FIBA World Cup in Spain, and then the second one to place in China. So where I'm going to, in essence, is over the years, playing or qualifying for the World Cup or the World Championship was via your continental championship, which was an Afro basket or Euro basket or Asia basket. And it's just like a one-week tournament. So it was not enough, or it's not enough for you to even generate enough content that you want to take to the marketplace to sell, which is why they have rebranded in a way with changing the name to World Cup, taking it away from a FIFA World Cup year as well, I heard that was deliberate, and also creating the qualifying tournaments they are doing right now. Because it's just a way of growing the game, growing the buzz, growing the markets, the fan base for the national teams and for um, for, for, for the national federations. So it, they, they just about started that like 2014 to begin to rebrand and re-strategize a proper business plan to generate income for FIBA. Ordinarily, you know, 
playing basketball, to be honest, hasn't been lucrative across board, whether national team or club. So you can understand the fact that, you know, the NBA clearly has reached a place where they need the African market. But there's a vacuum and they cannot afford to wait. Hmm. So they are pushing into that market and they are creating some level of substance. And to be fair and honest um, to them, that's why I said I don't think it's new colonialism. I just feel it's an appropriate time for them to do business. And they found the best way to do business on the African continent, which is let's avoid the problems and the bottlenecks. Somebody has tried this before and he went through this. So let's bring these guys in, help them upgrade whatever tournament that they have, which is not working. Like I gave an example. Also in Europe, as we speak today, they just started the FIBA Champions League, I think in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, 2016 or 2017. It's always been the Euro League. Now the Euro League, about the same time the ABL issue was happening, the Euro League and FIBA were in court because they were trying to stifle teams based on national federations to come and play the basketball Champions League we just created mm-hmm. and take teams away from the Champions League, which already had the likes of Real Madrid, CSK Moscow. You can mention from Greece to Italy to Spain, the biggest teams are in the Euro League. And there's a good sharing formula for them to make money. However, FIBA has not looked at that for a very long time. So he eat them and they're like, okay, you know what? We can actually now make a business out of this. So they only just started yesterday. All these other guys have been doing this a long time ago. So it's a case of let's take advantage of this market because it's open. And the NBA is actually trying to go international. I think Africa is just a test run. I have a feeling that they would try to push some of these initiatives in different ways across various continents. Because now the NBA is trying to push global. The MVPs in the last couple of years yeah, have been foreigners. They've been foreigners, Europeans. Yanis is doing great with them. You know, for Europe, we've had job. So they are doing well. great about it. They are doing the Basketball Without Borders program. They have about eight NBA academies. None of them is in, in America. They have, in China, China has like three alone, three NBA academies. They have one in Africa. They have in Australia, you know, as well. They have in Europe, so you can you 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 can see that they are putting a dragnet to get all the fans they can get across the world just to that property, NBA. So the Basketball Africa League is just you know for them a way of ensuring that the African talent that dreams to play in the NBA that they know possibly will not get there. They have something lesser, which is like the G League you know, in the U.S., yeah. for them to aspire to play here in, in Africa. And, you know, they create an ecosystem and an economy that works. And the, the, the advantage this will give, like um, Queen said a little bit, is the jobs, the, the economy that will, grow in, that will grow in this. Teams will get proper structure. So let, me, let, me, structure. let me cut you there, Femi. Are you sure? Yeah. And let me bring Queen in. You talked about creating jobs. You're talking about uh, putting better structure in place. I'm not sure I'm confident about the guys that run our basketball. I'm talking about cross-board here, both from the national and to, you know, to club level, to be able to run proper structures. And, and, I'm, and I'm talking in relation to, uh, you know, Arabs and citizens are river swoopers. And they have taken steps, but... I want to I want to start see, with this kind of innovation. 
basketball African League. How to start seeing clubs move away from being be, be more commercially viable, being more marketable because of the brand, the level of competition that they're going to be facing. Uh, we had a conversation last time and we were talking about uh, the national team. Our national team being the only team that was not endorsed or had any commercial partnership going to the World Cup. What is to say that our club sides on the local scene would have a different focus? Queen, that's to you. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, looking at the benefits, like um, you're asking and you're wondering if uh, people, our guys here, will be able to take a cue or learn from this or take it a step further. Um, first of all, I think it will start off with the team that will be participating in this tournament this year because um, there is little or nothing the NBBF would um, be able to do this time around. But I think they have a lot to learn, starting from the organization, whatever the NBA has put together, they have a lot to learn what kind of tournaments they can build, what kind of league they can put forward in Nigeria, how they can develop our league, how to get sponsors because... All right, so Queen, I was saying that with this structure, with this huge project and product that we have from you know NBA and FIBA, I want to start seeing that our teams uh, locally, and of course the MBBF as well, are beginning to present themselves in a much more commercial, much more marketable uh, position where they are there and they are ripe for private corporate sponsorship to become part and parcel of. Uh, myself and family, we had a conversation last time and we were talking about the fact that Nigeria was the only team that didn't have a, a, any branding, any share sponsor going to the World Cup. And I think that in a competition of this magnitude, we should clubs, whether state-owned or private, that are going into competition of this magnitude, should start putting themselves forward in a different way. Structure themselves. I am worried. You spoke about creating jobs, you know, creating a, a good ecosystem, creating a huge value chain. But I'm worried that the people running our sport today, especially basketball as well, I don't think they can do it. Okay. Well, I, I, I won't blame you for that because um, judging by what we've seen over the years and um, recently, it's, um, it's a cost for worry if those in charge will be able to take it a step further, will be able to learn one or two or a lot from what the NBA is putting together. And that is because the last three years, we've not had a stable house when it comes to the NBBF. We've not had that stability, uh, the in-house fighting, and then also here and there to allow the free flow of basketball to be uh, run peacefully. The last one we had was 2017, and we had a lot of games with Kwesi coming into play. We had lots of games to play. Um, t games were on TV and all, and all that. But ever since the last time we had in 2017, 2018, for the representatives, civil defenders and river supers just played a game or two, and they represented Nigeria on the continent. Because that year, the other camp, um, the Tijani Woman-led camp, had a month or there about league, and afterwards it was stopped. Nothing, nothing came out of that. But at the end of the day, Mustaki, that was the one FIBA was communicating with, um, had the representatives, civil defenders, and river supers to go on the continent, and they did. 
following year 2019, that was just two games or a game. <laughs> following year 2019, just recently or just last year, was a two-week league. The first one, the first facing uh, Quara State, and then the final facing Lagos. And eventual winners were uh, River Supers, who are now competing and will be competing in the Basketball Africa League. So I, I wouldn't blame you for, for feeling that way, that you're really worried that our organizers or those in charge of our basketball will be able to do well or be able to take a cue from the NBA and then put up a league, not just a one-month league or a two-month or a three-month. Let's have a lot of games. That is why we can't have our local league players compete favorably with the international players or the foreign-based players because how many games do they play in a year? You stay in your house for like 12 months. Out of the 12 months, you are playing just three months, just two months, just one month. Where is the competition? And then you now start clamoring for representation in the national team. How does it work? Because you can't compete with these guys. These guys play 70 games, 80 games or more in a year. But you just play 10 games, five games, and you want to compete. You can't do that. It can't work. You can't give what you don't have. Yeah, yes, we have talent. But it is more than just having the talent. You need to play uh, competitively to do well. And once you have the talent and then you cannot play competitive basketball, how do you do well? How do you portray yourself? How do you present yourself? So I think before the NBBF, we have to put aside the old fighting, in-house fighting and all that. And I think that's one of the reasons that we've not really had sponsors that would sponsor our league and then our league will be back. And then we'll now have our game back on TV. We'll have fans at the stadium to come watch our game. And then we'll have a well-packaged league, not just a week. Like, uh, let me speak on behalf of River Supers. I can't, we can't be happy because this is something we do talk about. We can't be happy that we're just playing one week and two weeks and then we're representing Nigeria. The guys want more games. They want to play more games because at the end of the day, they are earning allowances, they are, learning, they are earning salaries on playing every week. Okay, there are any salaries every month. What about every week they go to play a game and those allowances are getting to their pocket? Some have families, or a lot of them have families, they are married. At the end of the day, when these allowances come into play, they use it for their weekend bonuses and all that. But all that has been put to a stop because you don't have a league running. So you just have to depend on those salaries that come at the end, that come at the end of the month, which is not enough for a basketball player. And look at it, on the average, what or how much does a basketball player earn? Femi can testify to this. There are some that we will just collect, yes, locally, that will just collect 10K, 20K, and they will play a tournament, and that will be it. Wow. And they will earn 25K for the month, and that will be it. Wow. That is like the average. Some will earn as much as 40, 50 at that. I don't think there is a team in Nigeria that play pay a player as much as 150,000 in a month. But is Queen, that bad? But because Queen, what is the guarantee that this will change with basketball with the basketball league? <coughs> I think it would start off with real to start to rubbing off on River Supers first of all, and that is where the benefit come. For a player, um, not my team anyway. I think my team is one of the best paying teams when it comes to paying a basketball player. But you cannot for this advantage. <laughs> but it cannot be compared to Football, we, we know we cannot compare it, but at least they are among the, the basketball teams that pay players well. But the thing is, 
outside pain, I know that the players want more than what River Supers are offering or are given. So, but here comes Bal, where Bal is going to offer a player $1,300 per month. So now, if the Bal had gone on um, aside this coronavirus that has um, put the, uh, the tip off to a, to a hold for now, the postponement, let's, let's assume it's going to start next week and then we are supposed to play in two weeks' time. Each player on the roster, because the roster is 16-player roster, at the end of the day, you have to represent 16 players. From the 16 players, you have to rotate 12 from the 16 in the three-month tournament you are going to play. So at the end of the day, each month, a player goes home with $1,300. That's about 480,000 Naira per month for a player. This is something you naturally don't earn. Who is going to make this payment? The NBA. the NBA directly to the player, the NBA, directly to the teams, and then the, the teams. teams have yes, the teams hmm. and the teams have ought to have been authorized that this is what they are going to earn. Hmm. The players are aware that this is what they will earn, so hmm. now you cannot touch their money okay. because aside this money, aside this money they are earning because it is clearly stated to them this is what you are and this is what is in your contract. So now, that is like the estimate, the minimum wage salary for the month. Okay. So now, if you're going to play five games and five games is going to run in two months, which is mm-hmm. March and April, yeah. that means you are guaranteed earning like $2,600 in two months. That's about close to a million naira in two months. Yeah. So if you now go a step further to play in the playoffs, which is the quarterfinal and then the final, in May, that's an extra $1,300, close to another 500000 naira extra. And then, if you're now privileged or based on how you play, you get on to the final, you win because the win- now, Femi mentioned it, we didn't even have a prize tag to the Afro Basket, to the Continental Champion, nothing like that. But this time around, based on how you play, if you get to the final, you are guaranteed something outside what you earn as a player, as an individual player. Mm. As a team, it has been reported that they will earn more than $50,000 for the champion. The eventual champions win more than $50,000. That's like 55 million naira. Then second place, $75,000. That's about 28 million naira. Then the third place, $50,000. That's about 19 million naira. So if you play well or your team does well and get onto the final, you have something extra to whatever as an individual player you are earning. So it's going to rub off on River Super. So whether or not they get to the final or not, individual players will earn something they've never earned as a basketball player in Nigeria. But aside that, as a team, there's also a, a particular amount that going to the team. But it is from that monies that will be given to the team that will be used for player remuneration, which is where the monies will now be paid to the player. So um, what I've been told is that $70,000 to be paid to every participating team in VAL. And if you want to calculate $7,000, that's about 25 million naira. So from there, each of the players will now earn that amount. Mm. The other amounts will be used for logistics or maybe whatever you want to set up for your team and all that and all that. So I think that is where it's going to come from. It's going to rub off on River Supers first of all. And then whatever they'll gain from this, 
will now be used as continuity into the league because let's assume the NBBF will now start off. Hopefully, there's a league from May or June or thereabouts. So as you're finishing bow, you're going on to the league. You already have um, customized jerseys. You already have customized um, uh, kits, your, 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 your footwear and all of that. There are a lot of things that the NBA are going to provide and that is where the infrastructural benefits will come. They are bringing up equipment for the teams, for the participating teams, which is an added advantage to the teams as well. So it is now for the NBBF to now sit and learn what have the NBA brought, what are they bringing, what has the River Supers also gotten, the benefits they've gotten, how can we translate these things that we've seen to our own league, getting sponsors, getting uh, packages for us. Jordan and Nike is, is, a, is a kid sponsor. They are the kid sponsors for, for the bow. How can we get, can we get kid sponsors? Naturally, we don't have kid sponsors in Nigeria. Each team just know how they do their gestures and all that. And that would be it. So, but can we have that in Nigeria? Can it work? I think it can. So these are all the things the NBBF would have to learn and then put in place. But if they cannot put it in place, like you're you are having cause for worry, then that means they've not learned anything. So, but we are hoping, or I'm also hoping, aside of speaking on behalf of River Supers, because we want to play games. It's not about playing ball at the end of the day and then we are back in Potako just sitting and watching and then waiting to see whenever the league starts, maybe it's going to start close to the year or so. We want something running so that as we are finishing ball, we are going to play the league. There's a continuity. You are playing basketball and then you are competing. You are your top level of basketball game. You are earning money, you are earning salaries, you are earning allowances, and then out to your pocket. So it's going to rub us on rub us on us and then the league itself. And that is where the NBF have the whole lot to play. Can they play their game well? We'll have to see that after the battle if they didn't learn anything or not. So but other benefits that is going to come up into the league and then Nigeria as the whole is that reservations, hotel reservations. For example, Lagos is one host city and we know we are having six teams in the now conference. They will get on to play. For example, they, are, they were supposed to, or we are supposed to play April 16th to 7th, or April 17th to 19th rather, in our conference. And we have six teams from outside coming to Lagos, including River Supers who are coming from Portacourt. Hotel reservations, um, buses, um, just for the cleaners, those that will set up equipment, travel agencies, they are going to have something running for themselves for the whole of the, that period of time. So these are the beneficiary or be, um, benefits that they, they would earn for this period. So, but for the league, all depends on the MBBF really. It really depends on the MBBF. Hello? Okay. Um, so you're going to say something? Am I to say something about that as well? Yeah, if you want yeah. to add. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I want to add to what, what Kunya said um, with regards to uh, the benefits and the structure and everything. Well, I'm a pessimist about the NBA of learning anything. And um, if I look closely at the model the NBA runs, I mean, how they do their business, it's quite different and it's, it's, it's not like how it is run in Europe or any other you know, league structure or league system. For example, you look at the EPL, um, everything has a level of independence with regards to how they run their teams. 
um, and they are structured. That's why they have different shirts, sponsors, kit sponsors, Nike, Puma, Adidas, you know, they have different shirt sponsorships and now they put them on their chest or on their badges and all of that. You know, if you look at it, NBA was, it has been very conservative for a very long time. Yeah. With regards to shirt sponsorship. And yeah. even if you look at the shirt sponsorship in the NBA now, it's just some very small, tiny, or, you know, just right there. And they have a unified um, shirt um, producer. They used to use Adidas for a very long time. Now it's Nike producing all the jerseys. So what I'm trying to say in essence is the NBA has a very unique model that um, the individual clubs may have to chip up or chip out. So the influence of the federations on these clubs that we play in the bar may not be as huge, even though I get the point of you know preparing them for bar. Because at the end of the day, um, the way I see it, in my, I may be wrong at the end of the day, but I think even this partnership with FIBA is just to make everything run smoothly and then they start pushing up the standards to a certain point whereby if you can't meet up with those standards, you may not be able to play in the basketball Africa league. Oh, so we get to the point where, of, sorry, Femi, so we get to the point where we're supposed to have like something like a club licensing. If you can't get to yeah, a particular threshold. You know, yeah, you can't get it. Every club must have a GM, must have a president, must, you know, proper structures. That is where I'm talking about where jobs and the economy will run. The way the media is run, if you look at the way the media is run in the NBA, it's totally different from every other sport um, in the world. Uh, the Americans have a way of running their thing. They have a centralized place and every club has a person that works, you know, with the NBA. For example, I remember when I applied for credentials to go and cover the Chicago Bulls, for example. My credentials, you know, wasn't approved by the NBA. It was approved by the Chicago Bulls media department. They only sent my name over there. So the, the NBA just gave me rules and said, look, you have to obey these certain rules and every other thing those guys tell you because they are the ones in charge of their games. You know, so they, they, they build a structure in which they try to uplift the teams, which is why I feel, you know, this would be beneficiary for, for beneficial for a river surface, for example, Regardless of whatever is happening in the Nigerian league, um, in my opinion, I may be wrong at the end of the day, you know, but, but that's the way I see it. So they'll come in a place where if they see rivers to pass, you know, because for example, they might not you know, want to run with a team who is owned by the government, yeah. you know, and they cannot understand the structure. So those are the signposts that I'm looking out for in the future that I think will influence how they run. So they might want to run a proper business structure. Let's say, for example, remember the case of um, the former uh, Los Angeles Clippers owner who made some racial comments. Yeah, and they had to sell off. And, and, and the NBA made him sell off. You right. know, so that's how much powerful and organized the NBA yeah. is and can be in terms of owning those franchises. That's why they can control the kind of sponsorship they have. Let's not forget the NBA, for example, I'll give another example. For jerseys sponsorships, about for jerseys, the NBA has official NBA stores and they are very limited. It's in New York and in New Jersey. And then every other team has a team store. But guess what? 
the money is centralized. The NBA makes the money, but there's a share that goes to the teams and then the players, which they buy the names of their back. Which so, goes to look my at question, Femi, I was going to ask, what is yeah. the plan for this one in terms of merchandising? For basketball, for the bar, what is the plan for that one? Are the well, teams going to have a trickle down in terms of monies from merchandising? Well, maybe not in this inaugural edition, but I think it will happen subsequently. Because if you look at it, um, that was like the first thing they announced. Of all the announcements Bow made when they said they were going to do this, was the kids' sponsorship, Nike and Air Jordan. So that tells me already is blanket. Everybody's going to have. So right now, they may not be able to create a team store. Um, they may not be able to create pop-up shops or a central bow store at the moment. So I think those things will come along as we go on. Okay. And then they will find a way of creating that structure where teams will be able to sell merchandise, make some money. And, they'll, and the central sponsorship is also for control. Um, of authenticity and how these things will go out so they can monitor these things as well. So I think it will come to a point where these teams will definitely, because all the teams in the NBA, as big as they are, make a large chunk of money. That's why they can reel out the numbers every year and tell us the Brunjins is the highest selling jersey in the league, you know, Steph Curry is, because they, they know the numbers. They can, they can quantify it from the team stores to the NBA um, store, official NBA stores that are available, they, they can trickle it down. So those are the places where I think there will be effect on our teams. So teams will begin to build proper structures and run proper businesses. They will help them with models as to how they can get sponsorship because the NBA wants to make money from this. Let's not get it twisted. These yeah. guys are shrewd businessmen. They want to make money. They know they can make money. There are many businesses in Africa, many businesses coming to Africa to invest. So they are well aware of these things and they want to make money out of these guys. So I'm sure it's a case of putting out the products that can attract sponsorship, making their own monies as they can make from it and helping the players and the African economy to make the bid that they can make as well. So the, the, the influence of federations, I don't know how much it will go along the way you know, with this ball arrangement, but I don't think they will care or they will be bothered if you are playing league basketball in your country or not. All they will be concerned about is ball is going to happen, we need teams to play, and we'll get these teams to play, we'll give them this kind of opportunity to make some money, we give them prize money, we give them structure, we'll make them happy to want to play, and that's it. At the end of the day, ball will continue to grow and gather all the sponsors, they can gather and make money, they can make and you know, keep, keep going. Okay, so whilst we... I just want to chip something on what Elia said, uh, what Africans there, they understand our peculiar nature, especially in Nigeria, and also not only in Nigeria, some other parts of Africa, that teams are naturally owned by the government. And this is what we've been crying or what we've been clamoring for over the years. Not just uh, basketball alone, even football affect, is affected that um, been clamoring for the fact that um, private sector should um, start running basketball, sports teams and all that. So, but we've not gotten there yet. So I don't think that drastic action will get to play. No, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's it to happen be a now, step. but it will happen uh, at some point. 
Okay, and I'm just trying yeah, to clarify. At some point. No, no, it's not. I'm not saying it happened. It happened at some point, and I think they will also help teams begin to develop that kind of structure where they can. For example, let me use the reverse focus. I think, well, maybe in the next three, four years, if Rivers and Fans is constantly coming in, which I think they will want as well. They will want stability with the teams. The NBA doesn't do relegation and stuff, but hey, yeah. I know this is Africa. So I think what they will probably do is, okay, let's help you guys get a structure. They can probably say, okay, since Bao wants to make money out of Nigeria with Rivers and Fans being there, they get a business development person to be a part of the Rivers and Fans structure, for example. You know, and then we say, okay, the GM who is a who is someone from the government, be the president of the club, and then they begin to infuse some business-minded people that will run a proper basketball structure. So those guys will be able to deliver some KPIs to the basketball organization as well. Instead of bringing them sponsorship, as long as the teams can play, the government will be happy. As all they need is their own share. Just like the way they've settled FIBA now and they are doing the league peacefully. They will find a way of setting these people to do things peacefully, but they will still try to run a pseudo um, commercial private entity out of it. So the more successful they are with some of these teams, the more it will be easier. But there are a few private teams too in this league. Let's not forget, you know, very the few. Lagos Islanders. You know, very few. Uh, yeah, the comments. I know they are very few, but if one or two of them get to show that they can actually meet up with some of these standards. They, they may not easily stick with them if it's lesser trouble. Let's not forget but this. Family, you know that the standard is not going to be easy to meet up. It's not going to be easy to meet they up. Will help the that. They, they, they will help the teams. That's what I'm going to. They will help the teams. Let's not forget that the NBA has gone on to build NBA franchises in non-sporting cities. And they've grown. We've seen them move NBA franchises you know, from cities with disaster to cities with, especially New Orleans, for example, you can mention them small markets, you know, in the, I mean, America, where you say they are not commercially viable, you know, for, for sports business. They carry NBA franchises and build them there. So the thing is, I'm looking at the fact that I've seen them do these things, you know, even in the US as a, as, as a country, uh, their biggest market is New York, which is, they're not doing so well. Chicago, they're not doing so well at the moment. But you have all those small markets, San Antonio, um, New Orleans, you know, Denver. You know, those places, they've been able to grow something out of it because they, they deliberate about investing in those markets. So if they want to achieve this, I think they will also need to invest. And which I mentioned, investing people in to be a part of the structure of developing this club. I'm not saying this might happen in three or two years or four years. And if you look at Amadou Galofo, the way he speaks about this league, he says he has a 10-year plan. And in 10 years, he wants it to be the fact that everybody will want to play in, in the bow. That is, everybody that can play in the NBA will want to play in bow. Which, maybe 10 years may not be visible, maybe I'll say 15 years, but hey, with technology and everything going on, who says it can't be possible? And if you want to play in Bali, it means a lot of money will be involved that you want to play in it, which is big. So if you look at the fact that they are projecting already that they will be definitely be looking at how do we generate businesses, how do we generate, how do we make these clubs become so viable that it will be alternatives for guys who would rather go to Asia or go to Europe to yeah. play, to play for those four slots that they have for diaspora in the Basketball Africa League. 
which will, which will, which will translate. That is talking about millions, paying players millions, you know, of dollars. So I'm not saying all these things will happen, but if you look at how shrewd and how business-like these guys are, I think they'll be looking for a business approach that will work, which is why playing these cities is a good template for them to start with, not home and away, travel, travel, because it will involve a lot of money to yeah, yeah. They are not sure it's going to be sustainable, you know, if you look at it on the long term. So they've said, you know what, well, let's just pack these teams, divide them into two, six, go and play in one city, to we'll move them around. And if you listen to Amadou talk very well, you notice he's very inclusive about the, the entertainment side of it, which was what the NBA is. The New York Knicks have Spike Lee, always, there, even though they're having issues lately. You see Drake at Toronto Raptors games, you know, all those, that LA Lakers, you have all those celebrities right there with the big seats. So they're trying to involve entertainment to make it big. And it's also add glamour. And let's not forget, bring the money at the end of the day, because that's what they're after. How they can create boss. And so you can imagine they come to Rivers and say, they need one of the most popular Rivers entertainers. Don't come out, you know. Duncan Mighty or the Titan, uh, what's her name? The... Abel, 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 Bring this guy, you bring in 10,000 or 100,000 or 200,000 followers with his brand. They can use him to market the team. It's the same strategy they've used for the NBA team. They've delivered about it from Spike Lee with the New York Knicks. They've, done, they've gone around the country to put in people like that, whether actors or musicians or comedians, to play very key roles with regards to taking basketball from just that court to the entertainment side of it. Let's not forget the halftime shows that they do, the displays in between. They turn it also to a mini concert, to a talent showcase. All those things will be put in place you know, to ensure that I think the bar will grow big. So I'm not really saying this is something that will happen in the next two years, three years, okay, if you are a government in your own place. But I think in the future, that's what they will be looking at, the independency of the business, because they know government is not stable. And it's it's not very easy to do business with government in Africa as a whole, because politics will play a huge role. So they'll be looking for ways to build structures like Rivers of Pass to become independent in the near future. You know, whereby, or let's say they will have a certain level of independence, even though they are still an arm of government, so that they can run some marginal level of business with them, and with regards to bow successfully without any itches or having to wait for one approval or the other before they can get things done. So that's so, what I'm trying to say. So whilst we are waiting for the merchandising agreement to be concluded, I believe that uh, Queen probably owes us uh, River Super's jersey when anything is sorted out, Queen. Most definitely. <laughs> I can't wait to get my... Let me say most definitely. I've not even got to my own spot. Yeah, don't, you say most definitely. Don't be, don't be like those uh, middle officers in football. Look. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. I'm not like that. I have to be chasing up and to get the, the, the jersey. We'll call you out on Twitter. <laughs> oh, no, I beg. <laughs> so, for me, one of the major worries for me has to be the local talent. And, like Femi mentioned, there are four spots for diaspora. And I, I'm a bit worried because I'm looking at a team like River, Rivers Rupas, and I see that, yes, 
they had a team that qualified. So that means those four spots would be lost by a local talent for a foreign guy. That is one major disappointment that I, disappointment that I have and disadvantage that I feel that the bow does, you know, bring to the table. Unless you guys can convince me or correct me that no, he doesn't do anything to stifle local talent. I think he does. Who wants to go first? Okay, let me go first. Okay. Um, starting off with um, when we played the Africa Basketball League, the ABL, yeah. last year in March, or went to Morocco, we had no foreign player on our team. We went mm-hmm. there with all 12 local players. Um, although we were just able to win just one game, even though we had uh, financial I see the challenge spotlight. at that point. The spotlight where you are. <laughs> yes, they have. The spotlight. <laughs> yes, they have. The alarm is on. <laughs> so, <laughs> we are in Nigeria. <laughs> so, um, we had 12 local players play. And then, we had financial challenge, and um, which was not unknown to people. So it was known at that point that of our financial challenge, uh, we had to arrive on a day of the tournament, and on our arrival, just an hour or forty-five minutes later, we went to play. Right. But at the end of the day, we were able to win one of our three games, but not enough to qualify to the next round. And that is because one, yes, we had we played against a better team, and also we are arrived late because we're not able to compete favorably. But that aside, that was April of last year, 2019 in March. Uh, fast forward to now, it's part of the rules, and if it's part of the rules, we have to do it. If we're not going to um, follow the rule or we're not compelled to, maybe we would have gone with all our 12 local players. Wait, 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 maybe wait, 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 not. Hold on, Queen. Hold on, Queen. So, you're telling, what you guys are telling me now is that it is compulsory to yes, have four diaspora players. Four. Yes, four of it. Then you have eight local players. You cannot compromise that. That the other eight must be eight local players. And then for diaspora, which we have two Americans, one is Nigerian, although uh, he plays the college and um, played the G League in America, and okay. then an Egyptian. So that's the four. But the other eight are local players. <coughs> but aside that, not just that we're just having those only 12, only those eight that will play. Because, like I mentioned, you are having 16, 16 players on your roster. Yes. But the thing is, a basketball game, you know, definitely 16 will not play a game, just 12. But from the 12, you have the four and then the other eight. So outside that 12, you still have extra four slots of local players to make up the 16. So that means you're saying that, or we're, which is going to be that, we're having 12 local players and then the four diaspora players. So now we are following the rules. It's part of the rules, and it's not just River Super that um, would play with those four diaspora players. If you look at Zamalek, Zamalek is an institution. It's not just a basketball oh, yes. team. Yes. They have handball, they have volleyball, they have basketball, they have football, but they have foreigners on their team that they just recently recruited. They just announced like a few days ago, um, like Michael Taylor, an American. 
So you look at this place, you know, at GNBC and Algerian side, they've also um, recruited foreign play, uh, foreign play, players. AS Saleh, who won the champ, who won the, the championship in 2017, who went as far as um, the finals in um, uh, last year, they've also recruited. So it's not just River Super they know it. I know that. Some of us that don't understand the role or how it's being played or how the things are, we feel that River Super okay, they're just being over ambitious and because it's a bow, okay, let us take foreign players. No, we're just being we're just following the rules. And look at the NBA, like um, Femi has broken it down. They want to take over the African market. They want to come into the African market. There's a whole lot to achieve or to get into the African market. And one attraction about the African market is you need that audience, you need the media, you need the publicity, you need people to watch. And that is why, except for the fact that we are having um, Jordan and also Nike as kids sponsors, we are having Disney. And Disney, they own like 80% of ESPN. And ESPN is like the one covering the battle itself. So that means the games will be watched on TV, we watch on YouTube channels, you can watch all of these games. It to not just be like what we had before where you can just only stream online on fever website or maybe on the youtube channel and that would be it you can stream across boards of all of all, all of the games live coverage of all of the games so now you look at this and then um, what the nba is putting together they also need the american market that will be attracted to this african basketball league and that is why or that is why i feel that they had to make sure that each of the 12 teams participating or competing in this league, you must have that for a player, especially the Americans. And most of these American players coming to play for us, play in the G League, play college basketball, or are played in, Amer uh, in the American League and all of that. And then you are bringing them to the bar. And that is one attraction. That is one market attraction for them. Because if you have an American playing in the bar, you have the interest there. You want to watch. You have reason that, yes, I want to follow this league for the duration of the three months. How well will these guys play? How well will they go for and all of that? And then you pick interest from the other teams from the African continent. I, I'm not sure I agree. And yeah. then that alone is going to rub up on all of the teams. Queen, I'm not we sure. Don't agree. I, I don't, I, we don't I don't agree. agree. Yeah, because okay. we don't let, agree let, that this let is going me, to come an attraction to the African team. Let, let me add a little bit to that. Um, to to the which is the, the truth is, um, um, Queen made some very valid statements. And to be honest, with regards to the attraction, but this is where the extra attraction comes from. Let's not forget that there's a huge African diaspora market in the U.S. As well, if you recall, there was um, a combine, a DAL combine that was done at the Brooklyn Nets facility um, sometime last year. No, yeah, like year was last year. year. It was last, last year, year where you know a lot of the players, both in American colleges and playing in the G League, came around well African descent. Now, um, the idea of those foreign-based players is first off, we need to understand is their level of skill and talent. You know, they are, we already know that they are a lot better than the African players. They are based on their exposure to facility, development, competition, and all of that. So first of all, is to help some of our players up their game, to bring their entertainment side to it, and then also to now attract that diaspora market, which she mentioned with the, Ameri with the American players. And, but let's not get it 
all tied up. Look, it is not particularly American um, players you have to bring. You know, they said you bring in four diaspora players. I think this is very Pan-African because if you give some teams the opportunity without putting a quota to it, they can get their entire roster from abroad. Let's that's why I, well, that's so, why I worry. No, so this is a protection for African players. Because the truth is that even as much as the, the Basketball Africa League has said you can sign four players, there's also a part of that rule that says on every match day, you cannot have more than two of those diaspora players on the bench for every match day. The maximum you can have is two of those players. Two on the bench or two, or two in the lineup for each match. Two on the lineup for each match. That's the bench because it's only a 12 man that will make the roster for every match day, not 16. It's a 16 man roster. Yeah. The entire roster is 16. Four diaspora, but total 16. Which yeah, means when are 12 I, players. When, when, when is so game at, day? At the end of the, Femi. On game day, it's 12, but you can only have two foreigners on your bench. On the entire 12. Yes, in the entire 12, uh-huh. which is fair enough. Okay. Okay. Which is fair enough. And, and also, let's also do a proper breakdown of these four that they have accepted. Of these four, Bal also went to mention that only two of the four can come from outside of the continent. The other mm-hmm. two must come from Africa. So which is why we got the Uchena Uruguay, that is River Supers, which is of Nigerian descent. And then they got an Egyptian, which is African. So you must ensure that you get two of those four must come from Africa. So they've been deliberate enough to protect the African talent with the bar, which I think is very, very good and very proactive. I, so I, I think, think I understand where EME is coming from. And I think, and I'm hoping that um, maybe in the long run, in years to come, it will be adjusted in the sense whereby they just leave it for local talent. Yeah. Because if no, they're developing our African now. basketball, no, that cannot be done. Let's, let's be real. Let's be real. That I, is I, not I, possible. I, I'm saying in the long run because if that no, it can't. It can't even they, work. The EPL today, the EPL today work. is that big because there's a foreign influence. You need the foreign influence to up the game me, and to open up why, the market. Why the foreign influence? It can't work. Maybe, maybe, maybe not completely. They couldn't yeah. use it work. for no You can't make it a pro-African thing. I even if even if I was a stakeholder and I was an investor in the in the bar, to be honest with you, I will not sit down on that table and agree to that. Let's be real. The truth is that yes, we want to develop talent. Eight on the roster on the match day is enough. That's enough protection for the African talent on every team. Every team must have eight players. On the on match day, what am I saying? You have 10 players on match day rosters. So 10 players that come from Nigeria must be on the match day roster for Rivers to pass, for example, on every match day. So you have to alternate between those four players who will play today and who will not play tomorrow. So they are not going to play all the games. That's number one. That's a given. So it's a given that those four players will not play every match. They would have to switch a match between which one will play this week or play this game and which one will not play. So I think we should be giving some kudos to Bar for protecting the African talent enough to say, look, this is the amount you can have. This is, you know, the amount you can play. They've made this rule. But at the same time, we cannot knock off having foreign players because we want to attract the best talents. Let's not forget that. And you mentioned it very validly because there is also a diaspora market. 
Look at the other day when they were talking about not giving Nigerian immigration visas to the U.S. anymore. And we saw the numbers of Nigerians in the U.S. alone. So just imagine one of the big players in the NCAA, maybe who just finished playing the Final Four, doesn't get drafted and comes to play in, a, in the Basketball Africa League. Talents in the NBA will still be watching the Basketball Africa League because tomorrow they could decide to sign him as a free yeah. agent yeah. or draft him again. So that window needs to be open for those kind of possibilities, which is what is there. And let's not forget, this is not limited to just Americans. It's two players from anywhere in the world and then two players from Africa, which I think is very fair. On a 16-man roster, that would have 12 players every match day and a maximum of two foreign-based players on the match day roster. I think it's fair and I think it's enough protection for the African talent. All right. So, um, Queen, you, you were talking about Disney and ESPN. I hope uh, yeah. Disney Plus would relax their location restrictions to Nigeria when Bar starts. <laughs> that, that's, that's, I, I don't think they would. I know. I, 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 I think, think they will. They want to, I don't think they would even put because um, I think um, ESPN Plus is pay per view. Yeah, so I'm saying this. You know, there's a Disney doubt, Plus, just like yeah. So I doubt, just like I, Netflix. I doubt, so I hope yeah, they will. I think, I, think there is the, I think there is an arrangement for that coverage. I, I just I just want us to just wait till that point. Semi understands anyway. Yeah, we are waiting. Like, we are waiting. <laughs> yeah. I think we should just wait till I, that point. I, I think there is the arrangement day, for it. At the end of the day, I think it will be it will be it will be an ESPN thing. Um, what I'm saying, I think it will be ESPN is. Um, you look at the announcement that came about three weeks ago. There about when ESPN Africa on their Twitter handle. Announced now they'll be showing NBA games, they'll show the NBA players. They are going to pay for this advance. They are going to pay for this advance. No, it's already on Twitter. You want to now announce it on my podcast, have you? We pay for this advance. So we want to tell you And we know that recently they just moved on one of these our cable channels, Star Times. So if, if, if you're adding one and two together, which we are doing, you can see yeah. that that is what is going to happen. Well, you see, Femi, it's, it's, it's good that you mentioned this. And, we, you know, we had that conversation about start times. It'd be nice if those guys, you know, grow yeah. a pair. It'd be nice if they grow a pair and do something with this potential opportunity that is actually at their doorstep with the fact that they have ESPN and the NBA back on their, on their, on their property. It'd be nice if they grow a pair and develop some content around River Supers and Bal as a whole for you know for them to get some kind of patronage and to get some eyeballs on on on, on, on the content that they have on that on that property. But you know, that's that's a matter for another day. We, 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 we yeah, exactly. spent a lot of time anyway. So I'm going to say, you know, we're having games in Lagos, right? Yeah. Is it that same national stadium? Well, not confirmed yet. We don't know whether it's no, not, we, we don't, it's not but, confirmed yet. But it's either going to be Teslim Balogo Stadium eh? or the national stadium. Eh? Any of the two. Eh? Would you have ah, a problem with it? I do have, you a, have problem. a problem. I do have okay, a problem. What's your problem with where, where it? Where do you want to use? Where do you want we to should, use? We shouldn't be hosting anyone. 
because okay, wait. Look at look at National Stadium, for instance. I've been to that indoor hall, and the court has been the court has been torn up. Unless they're going to lay a fresh. They court. will, they will, okay. and that is part of the infrastructural benefits. Okay, they good. Will. And they will fix they're all. Give it a face, they'll, they'll a give proper face. Okay, so when when when, when, when before the postponement, when was the Lagos leg supposed to hold? I think in April. Um, any of the two, they have not decided. Any okay, of the two. but I think it's supposed to be in April. Supposed to be in April. Mean, um, you mean the game in Lagos? Yes. yes. I think it's it's supposed to be April seventeenth to nineteenth. <laughs> okay, they have to fix the AC, clean the toilets. But 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 I but if you if you ask me if you ask me I can give the free consultancy. If you just leave that national stadium, it's not um, it's it it's the ambience really, is not good. Yeah, for the for the NBA's kind of experience. Even the testing is not good. I will not have. I would. I I I want to say this. Um, on behalf of my team, would have loved to play in Portacos as a trip because uh, you have a good court in Portacos. You have a good court. Yes, the civic center. We can play you in Portacos, Femi. We can play at the civic center. We can play at the civic center, Femi. With suit, Abi. The Civic that, Center hosted the, the Africa race. Wrestling Championship. Wait now, Queen. It's hosted in Africa Wrestling Championship in 2017. We can't. We can't. No, no, no. With suit. With the bad air. With suit and the no, bad air. No, lift suit. Lift suit. Lift suit. It's that one. If we're able to host the um, Africa Wrestling Championship successfully, a one-week tournament, a one-week championship in 2017, now uh, I'm come on. Now. I'm I'm just come on. Come on. Come on. No, no, we can't. We can't. The yeah. Civic Center is good enough. Okay, okay. okay. Go to the okay. Civic wait. Center for you to wait. see that it wait. has, wait. It has wait. been refurbished. <laughs> no, I don't go green down one. No, I don't go green okay. down one. Give me book and host it. Give me book and host it. All right, so. Okay. It's not this. We've hosted a basketball um final before. Femi. Yeah. Way back so 2010. Is is. That's a Kano long time. Ten years ago. Yeah, that was ten years ago. But in Ty. between the ten years, it has been refurbished. Okay. It has been refurbished. Well, and apart from that, see, the River State fans were hoping that since we are the hosting nation or uh, we are the, we are the Nigerian rep, it should have been hosted in Portacot. But I understand that the NBA chose Lagos because Lagos is like the hub for basketball in Nigeria. And it has hosted uh, tournaments like the uh, World Cup qualifiers and all of that. So it was just normal to just give it to Lagos. But I think in the long run, in subsequent editions, whichever team gets to win it or gets to represent Nigeria, host it in their city. And that is the way football is done. Look at Aimba now, playing on the continent. It is being hosted in Abba. Don't play. They play in Abba. They don't play in Lagos. They don't play. That's a different. That's a flawed analogy. Yes, because because it's not. Yes, in addition. Let's let's leave that analogy. But looking at the fans, it doesn't help the Portacot fans. In addition to what you just said, hold on. In addition to what you just said, um. They will also be looking at this. They're just starting something new. So they'll also be looking at commercial viability. That's why I say so the long run. The, yes, the commerce, to come. yeah, the commerce in Lagos alone, apart from even hosting uh, but Fermi, before. Fermi, wait, wait. The commerce in yeah. Lagos. The guys in Lagos have to do the work. 
the guys in the MBBF have to do the work. They, they have to they do the work. No, 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 listen to me. No, they, no, they will need MBBF to be a landing that the people they will meet and say, okay, we need no, to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. They need to put uh, in work uh, to get people to come to the stadium. They need to put in work to make sure it's attractive. So this is, this they need to put in work is, to, to create a good uh, uh, match day, you know, experience. They need to put in a lot of work. You know how Lagos okay. people can be. Okay, let me, let me You know by the time you... Call, hold on, Femi, Femi, hold on. You know by the time okay. you consider Lagos traffic, you this, you that, people will grumble, ah, to go to school. Yeah. Ah, ah, there will traffic on the You know all those kind of things. They need to put in work to ensure that... Yeah. The ordinary guy would be willing to go to the stadium to watch these games. Absolutely agree. And they know they have to put in that work, and I'm sure they will put in that work. So I'll we don't trust that that work is going to be put in. That is <laughs> no, why no. we should have hosted it in Portacourt. No, the work will be put in. If you leave it, if you leave it to the host team, if you leave it to the host team to take care of, it won't be a burden on them to do because they know that they have to bring their fans to the stadium. They know so they have wait, to. So this thing is not place. about fans. I need you to get this. this no, is I'm what just I'm looking going at to. the fans. I'm not I, I understand Femi is not about fans, but me I'm looking at the angle of the fans. Now if you are hosting in Lagos, yes, I understand the reasons and everything behind hosting in Lagos. But once you don't have the fans to come watch, there is a problem. No, no, and no. Then I think don't Queen, fans, those fans come Queen, to I watch. think yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you've yeah. I think you've gotten what Femi is trying to explain wrong. And okay. even if it's about the fans. You guys are rich now. Just hire a plane, carry on a few hey. planes, carry on your river supers uh, ah, to Lagos. I see. So, so, let's so see the country. <laughs> um, I see. Let, let me drop. Let me drop some a few inside gist that I that I have or that I know. I'm I'm a do I'm a do came to Lagos to have a, a a I don't know what to call it, but he came to meet with a few media guys. You know, a couple of weeks back, just a one-on-one -on -one to say a few things. You know, give an insight to what they were doing. Even though there were a lot of apps, you know, he didn't spill a lot of beans. He was just keeping some information to himself. But in that meeting, to a particular company, um, who are into management and whatever, you know, I don't know. is not these. is not these people that you want to talk about. I think it's the people that you know. So, but, but what I'm saying in essence is that hard work that you said they will pull off or they want to put up, you know, they know that you need to put some structure in place, you know, and I'll give you something for free. There was a particular tournament that happened in Lagos a couple of months back. It was just a Jamboree tournament. Let me use the local parlance. So ah. Some teams just came together to play ah. and Femi. they went home. Femi. That tournament... That tournament Femi. was more like a showcase you and a to, test run. You just had to go for, there. Ah. For what oh. it is. No, because that's what it is. So, in essence, what I'm saying is, these guys have more or less formed a partnership or hired or paid a particular company that will do all that at work, from the promotion to the events to the planning to all that stuff. And I think that's the way, that's the model the NBA will run. They will not okay. put the body on the teams. If you look at organizations the nba um the nba franchises look at it very well 
For example, Toronto Raptors is owned by Maple Leafs Sports and Entertainment. It's a company, a company that runs both events management, PR, and all of the things, all of these things. It's like that too. Madison Square Garden that runs the New York Knicks. So they have companies, I'm just giving examples. So they have companies like that who take up that body. It's not the team. All the NBA wants you to do is come and play. Bring in your best. Don't focus. So rebound super, don't worry about Okay. Bringing in fans and no problem. That. You know, Femi, you have Let me just chip into what Femi has said. I know we cannot change it, but I'm just saying subsequent going forward to allow going forward yes uh, they should allow those teams play in their cities Zamalek is playing if those cities can meet up with their targets yeah but you Tunisia, see US queen, US monastery they are playing in monastery queen, queen, they are not playing queen, they are not playing in Sal- queen I get what you are saying but you see you've mentioned Cairo Cairo is the biggest city in Africa you know they can't go to Egypt and not play in Cairo do you get what I'm saying monastery. Is Monastery the biggest? I've not been. I've not been to. I've not been to before. <laughs> but you know, okay. they will be particular about, about. I think it's about the twenty thousand seater stadium. Yeah. So you have to look at you know the, who has what, and I, who has what available. Are, are you just complained about the two stadiums we have in Lagos? Yeah. Unfortunately. unfortunately and yet, let's be honest. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. They are still the best, as bad as they are. Best. As compared yes. to what we have at the civil center, I, I don't agree. I don't yeah. agree. Well, I know that if we, if we go on and on and on and on, we'll not finish this. <laughs> and we have spent time exhausting yes. it. But I want well, just to round Yeah, to round up, tell me, can, if, you can, if you can help us or if it's Queen that can help us, roll out the financial gains. How much each team, at least for participating, how much they will get, how much you get for you know being in the first round, you get knocked out in the first round, how much you get at the quarterfinal stage, semifinal, and you know if you win, how much you get. You've already broken down how much goes to which is remarkable. You know those guys will will be licking their lips. I just hope that players will not go and start doing things for themselves. Because of that money, to ensure that they're the ones that they pick to go and play the competition. But so, one night it's 12 so, players that make a team roster now. So it's 12. Yeah, we ah. still go. The job is, is not, not dollars. It's not a small sum. <laughs> <laughs> it's not at all. Yeah. So I think Queen Queen can take us through that. Okay, for each player, $1,300 per month. And um, if you end up playing all the way till the final, um, should I convert it to our Naira or should I no, no, just keep dollars just $2, dollars, $2 dollars? Okay, so that's $1,200 uh, in three months. That's um, $3,900. So $3,900 so $3, uh, in three months. That's yeah. for each player to yeah. get as far as the final. Okay. Or as far as um, the playoffs, because the playoffs yeah. and also the semi-final, the final, we played in one city in Rwanda in okay. May. Ah, so I should go and look for money and go to Rwanda for this one, though. <laughs> so if you get as far as the playoffs, then that's three months. 
Twitter or $900. For the teams? What about for the teams? For the teams, the teams, um, I think it's from what the NBA is offering the teams. That is where they are paying. They are paying 70000 yes. So now, NBA is paying each team $70,000. Okay. So from that $70,000... Participation $70, fee. Participation yes. fee, okay. Yes, for participating, all 12 teams get $70,000. Okay. That's all the 12. So from there, you play each player at least $1,300. Oh, so you could play as, you could play more than $1,300. Well, that is what, that's the information I got. Okay, so if you get to the playoffs, how much is the team guaranteed? I don't think there's anything for the playoffs. It's okay. just so if you get to the if you win winner, second place, if you win one hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's separate from the seventy thousand that you get. Yes. Yes, yes. Separate, separate. Okay. So if you come second, second place, seventy five seventy five thousand dollars. And and. Th- and then third place, fifty thousand, fifty thousand dollars. So we're looking at the the entire. Amount the NBA looking to spend should be close to twenty million dollars. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is huge. This is huge. I That's just, a huge yeah. investment. Yeah. I just hope that um, as a country, we can reap the full benefits of this project. And I'm saying this from the perspective that the hotels in Lagos will be well booked. Uh, access yeah, to transportation definitely. will be really good. Uh, a good value chain creation in terms of people who cook food, people who sell their, their wares at the stadium or even around the, the community. Um, um, the opportunities that it will create for players, showcasing Lagos as a city to the rest of the world. If I just hope that we are prepared enough to be able to milk. And, and this is me saying this because at least I'm involved with, a, with, a, with an event like Copa Lagos and I know how many people come into Lagos for Copa Lagos, either as um, participating teams, officials, and even tourists that come to watch the competition. So, yeah. and I see what happens from the market side. I see what happens on the experience side for the average fan that comes to watch uh, such an event. I do, I do hope that we are prepared to receive Af- not just africa but receive the world in this case because hey the eyes of the world will be on us on africa as a whole and right if, if you know i had the opportunity to go to rwanda to watch uh, i think the finals is in senegal no from the playoffs to the final is in kigali yes and that's what now. investment does that's what yeah, investment so in infrastructure does. So, sorry to sorry to yeah. sorry to badging. You know, it's, you, you know, automatically you felt Dakar should be hosting, right? Yes, yeah. Because of going to because of the money they've also invested in infrastructure as well. Infrastructure, but you look at you know what Rwanda has been able to do in the last two years yeah. with basketball, the balls, the fanfare, and everything. It's a no-brainer not to go to Kigali, especially with the fact that even Kagame, the president, yeah, the president. Of, of the country, is directly involved. So that allude, that should tell you the kind of decision and the kind of thinking they have, which when we're talking about the banter of um, Potakot or Lagos or anything. So it's more about buzz, it's more about 
you know, some some is there a, is there a Rwandan team in, in, in the in the mix? Yeah, Patriots, yeah, they're in our yeah. group. They're even supposed to come to Lagos. Um, okay, if yeah. everything works out, they're the yeah. package team in the whole of that tournament. For real? Well, well run. Well run. Yeah. Better than Zalalek. Uh, yeah, Femi. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Are that you is, sure? That is. Are you yeah. sure? I'm not sure. Yes. I'm not sure. Aggressively so. Aggressively yes. so. No, no package. I mean, yes, yes. In terms of structure, meeting up with the standards. Yeah, North Africans have always been very organized. You understand, and the way they play, but structurally fitting up to what it is in terms of, you know, um, publicity, events, planning. You know, the way they promote their games. Even the local leagues in Rwanda, I've been following them since the basketball. Oh, yeah, you know, I saw, I saw some, I saw some pictures. Yeah, even build up to games and all of that. That's why I said packaging. Understand? You know, promotion to games. They sell tickets to their games. The way they promote the team, you know, it's like an average. What you know, the average NBA team will do, or an EPL team will do for a match day. You know, buzz and experience. So they really go all out in terms of that, and, and, and that's a real huge plus to them because those are the kind of things I think you know a product like that you want to lash in on. You know, the NBA, which you know gives Rwanda that edge. If not, of course, Senegal should be hosting or Cairo should be hosting the finals, not Rwanda. But they know the value they will get from going to Rwanda in the immediate. So which is some of the things that influences some of these decisions is about what they can get right now with the immediate and then maybe on the long term you can now look at the possibilities of because now i'm sure after this edition they might start looking out for okay how do we get the facility in nigeria and i think that i also think that this and this is i'm i'm segueing into football now i i also hope the guys in football can and i'm talking about calf now can learn a team or two from the basketball african league because you know calf are also looking to switch uh the finals of the continental games to single Kigali. to single finals now so just one one-legged finals not uh, two legs like they used to do and uh, they have the headache of trying to find uh host venues i think they they can learn a thing or two from the basketball guys in, in doing that so thank you guys thank you so much uh really appreciate it uh, let me quickly say that um, our, our, our listener of the week, or at least the best listener we've had so far, uh, Tadari Kule, is, he's been on, on this podcast, listening to every episode. I really want to say that I appreciate him. Thank you so much for the support and all the good words, good messages you sent to, to me about what we're trying to do and trying to push the, uh, the gospel of sports business. Um, Big thank you to Femi. Thank you for coming on 90 and Extra. I really appreciate your input. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Always, always a pleasure to be on with you. And Queen, we have it on record, on on tape, that you owe us a River Super's <laughs> bow jersey. I'm ready. I wear XL, so too hard to find. Um, thank you so much for taking our time to join and you know the fact that you are you are also involved from a club perspective a professional perspective really help and i really appreciate you joining us on the show thank you so much for having me thank you all right so this was 19 little extra my name is adiemian so thank you for listening you can follow me on twitter at yemitm442 and you can follow 90 
at 90 and extra, which is the uh, podcast Twitter handle. Uh, thank you so much for all the feedback. It was a pleasure presenting this to you. Have a lovely evening.